brena kakara tosokolo de brena kakara da bazokolo de brena katenenge egele de baba babara katusekele de brena kakoro dosikile de brena nengraga dojokolo de brena kaka agabazo kolo de brena kakoro dosukele de brena kakoro dosokolo de brena katananga egebo jakala de babra gadasokule de brena katunenge egebajo kolo de babra godosukele de brena kakari de gidia egebo jakele de brege egele ne maso toni gege elema nongo lodo biyanaga agali bajo kolo do baboro agali nema mombo rodo sukele de brina kakolo do boro kuto sekele de bambregene maotongo egebo jakele de brina hata thank you father praise you father in the name of Jesus, Heavenly Father, we rejoice again that tonight we have the privilege to learn, to be equipped, to grow in knowledge, to grow in grace and abound in the knowledge of the Lord Jesus Christ and in the knowledge of all that the Lord Jesus will have us do in this generation to impact and affect people and bring the manifestation of God's glory in this last days like never before. So I pray that everybody connected to this service, revelation knowledge is gifted you. The eyes of your understanding flooded with light. Whatever is not planted by God is rooted out. Bodies and yokes are destroyed. We overthrow every networking of darkness and we decree that the entrance of God's word will bring light and understanding. And in the name of Jesus, we declare that this evening, by the end of this service, we'll all be the better for it. So we give you praise, glory, and honor for answer prayer. In Jesus' precious name and every believer, say, is a powerful amen praise god let's release our feet together as we say these words i am born of god i am born of the world the word of god is my nature i do not struggle to do the word i do the word naturally therefore today i will understand the word of his grace i will be built up by the end of this service i will never be the same never ever be the same again in Jesus name and every believer says a powerful amen we want to welcome everybody connected to this service by way of kingdom life network facebook youtube twitter instagram we're so glad to have all of you social media community brethren family friends on social media what an honor to have all of you connected tonight i want also want to welcome the entire aquaibom state community Connected by way of Comfort FM, XLFM, Radio Aquaibom, UNUU FM, Inspiration FM, and Heritage FM. We're so glad to welcome all of you to the service tonight. Hey guys, do me a favor, call a friend, a loved one, a family member. Ask them to tune to this radio station right now. Life is flowing through the airwaves. Our social media community, like you've always done, we are co-laborers together in the advancement of God's kingdom on the earth. Help me share the video, tag some people create watch parties drop the video on as many groups as possible on your page and join as many groups as possible to get the videos in there let's lighten the dark places of the earth also put them on monogram telegram and whatsapp groups but we're so glad to welcome all of you tonight to this great adventure in the word of his grace all our house centers in Aquaibom, what a joy to have all of you this evening in the service. And of course, all our campuses around the world and Bible study centers. Hey guys, get ready. It's going to be exciting as we continue in our training, evangelism and discipleship week. And it's been wonderful just sharing fellowship every day. Grace and peace is being multiplied as we continue to study. All right, grab your pen, your notebook, your Bible, and you can be seated with your sweet, smart self as we get in the word tonight. Praise God. All right, we're still examining the foundation and culture of discipleship. The foundation 
and culture of discipleship. Matthew chapter 28 verse number 18. Matthew chapter 28 verse number 18. Put it up for me. Matthew 28 verse number 18. <clears throat> Thank you Lord. Alright. Silas, I, I mean Ernest, I need you to go to that studio quickly and make sure somebody serious is on that system for me this evening. I really don't want anybody to play with with me this evening. Alright, Matthew 28. Let me check it up in my own Bible quickly. <clears throat> Matthew chapter 28 verse number 18. The Bible tells us, and Jesus came and spake unto them saying, All power is given unto me in heaven and in earth. Go ye therefore and teach all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Ghost teaching them to observe all things whatsoever I have commanded you. And lo, I am with you always, unto the end of the world. Amen. So we've been looking at the concept of discipleship, and we've established that Jesus always taught the scriptures beginning at Moses and all the prophets. All right? All of the time, he began from Moses, the prophet, and the Psalms. In Luke chapter 24, verse 25 to 27, when Jesus rose from the dead on the way to Emmaus, and he met those disciples of his, and he said unto them, O fools and slow of heart, to believe all that the prophets have spoken. Ought not Christ to have suffered these things, and to enter into his glory, and beginning at Moses, and all the prophets? He expounded unto them in all the scriptures the things concerning himself. We've established that the Bible is a Christocentric material that carries with it a Christocentric message. That the message of the scriptures is a singular revelation of the Christ. A singular revelation of the Christ. The things concerning himself. In John chapter 5 verse 39 jesus speaking to the jews said to them you search the scriptures for in them you think you have eternal life and they are they which testify of me so the scriptures carries with it the testimony of the christ is a singular revelation meaning that the scriptures must be examined in the light of christ the book of first john chapter 5 verse 20 the bible tells us that and we know that the son of god is come and had given us an understanding that we may know him that is true and we are in him that is true even in his son jesus christ this is the true god and eternal life our understanding is via the binoculars of christ the son of god is come and had given us an understanding so our understanding of god is in the man christ jesus praise god so when he will teach discipleship it will be the same concept bringing it from the old testament look at the book of psalms we looked at the man david and i want us to examine him a bit again today the book of psalms chapter 78 verse 70 psalm 78 verse 70 he chose david also his servant and took him from the sheepfolds, verse 71, from following the ewes, great with young. He brought him to feed Jacob, his people, and Israel, his inheritance, 72. So he fed them according to the integrity of his heart and guided them by the skillfulness of his hands. 
They, now we have found out that David actually fed the, those sheep according to the integrity of his heart. The word integrity there is the word tom in the Hebrew. T-O-M. The word tom means innocence. Innocence or sincerity. It doesn't mean that David is a moral giant. But he is a sincere guy. Very sincere giant. That is, he is not a schemer. That word tom is from the word tama in the Greek. I mean in the Hebrew. It means to spend yourself for others. To spend yourself for others. So, to be a good shepherd, you must be sincere. One that is innocent. Sincere and innocent person. Don't be the one who suspects this or suspects that. You must be innocent, sincere. You must trust. Alright, some people are always suspecting. And that's the reason why you have suspicion on your mind because you yourself have a bad character because to the pure all things are pure remember just before i proceed with david you learn pastoring from your pastor you learn teaching from your pastor you learn ministry from your leader look at john chapter 21 verse 15 john chapter 21 verse number 15 <clears throat> So when they had dined, Jesus saith to Simon Peter, Simon, son of Jonas, lovest thou me more than these? He saith unto him, Yea, Lord, thou knowest that I love thee. He said unto him, Feed my lambs. So he said to him again the second time, Simon, son of Jonas, lovest thou me? He said unto him, Yea, Lord, thou knowest that I love thee. He said unto him, feed my sheep. He said unto him the third time, Simon, son of Jonas, lovest thou me? Peter was grieved because he said unto him the third time, lovest thou me? And he said unto him, Lord, thou knowest all things. Thou knowest that I love thee. Jesus said unto him, feed my lambs. Now Jesus is speaking to Peter. Simon, Lovest thou me more than these? The guy says yes. Then he tells him, feed my lambs. Then he tells him, feed my sheep. Then he tells him, feed my sheep. Of course, I have told you that the word feed my lambs is bosco ania. Bosco ania in the Greek, feed my lambs. And then the word feed my sheep is paiomano probata. Paiomano probata. One is give food and tend my lambs give them food and tend them or nourish them then the second one is rule them and govern them where you have the word shepherd all right and we said that word shepherd is a narrative from the old testament and that's why we're examining brother david as a shepherd who was exemplary in the old testament now the shepherd gives himself he is spent to do the job with the integrity of his heart. Let me tell you this. It counts for a lot. That God wants to see your heart. Having that integrity. It counts for a lot. That God wants to see your heart. Having that integrity. You don't have to get everything right. I don't know anybody who gets everything right. 
I'm a pastor. I've been a pastor for years. I've made mistakes in my pastoring. I've made mistakes in my life. Alright, so you don't have to get everything right. Because nobody does. That's why Jesus is that example for us. So the integrity of the heart. That's the number one. Integrity of the heart. Secondly, he guided them. That word is the same word naka in the Greek. I mean in the Hebrew naka. N-A-C-H-A-H-A-H. N-A-C-H-A-H. Naka. Same word used for Moses over Israel. So what Moses did to Israel is what David is doing. And I taught you that Israel wasn't meant to have a king. But they were meant to have a servant leader like Moses. Moses said, the day you decide to have a king in Deuteronomy 17, make sure he is not a tyrant. Ensure that he is a servant king. A servant king and then they got Saul. And Saul was the exact opposite. We are coming to that in a short while. Eventually, they found David a man after God's heart. That is a king that fitted Moses' recommendation in Deuteronomy chapter 17. Who was able to teach them the law, practice the law, and he wasn't that perfect guy. But he followed God's perfect plan. He wasn't that perfect guy. But he followed God's perfect plan. God never uses the perfect guy for his perfect plan. But where you find an imperfect guy sincerely following God, he will fit into his perfect plan. Let me repeat again. God never uses the perfect guy for his perfect plan. But where you find an imperfect guy sincerely following God, he will fit into God's perfect plan. So he gave them direction. Another word here is the word skillfulness of his hand. Talking about David. By the skillfulness of his hands. Now, the word skillfulness, he directed them by the skillfulness. Empower City, please listen to me, all citizens all over the world. All the pastors, all the district pastors, campuses, leaders, house church pastors, and of course pastors that are here, pastors that are watching online and on television, and every one of you that is involved in raising disciples, and even the disciples who are potential leaders, hear this. The skillfulness there, the word tebuna, in the Hebrew, has to do with the wisdom you acquire by experience. The skillfulness, the word tebuna, has to do with the wisdom that you acquire by experience. Because leadership is by experience. You don't lead by knowledge alone. You lead by experience. You must have the experience because it's critical. Experience is critical. You must have the experience of one who is learning to teach others. Of one who is learning to teach others. You must have the experience of one under authority to execute one. Because leadership comes with experience. Leadership comes with experience. He said he led them by their skillfulness. The word skillfulness is not just knowledge. Skillfulness is the expertise you get by applying knowledge. 
Skillfulness is the expertise you get by applying knowledge. That is how he became the good shepherd of the sheep. And you know, Moses is equally like that. In Exodus chapter 2, in Exodus chapter 3, you'll find that Moses is equally a shepherd over the people of God. What it means is that God or the scripture treats God's people as sheep. God treats his people as sheep. And sheep must be led. Sheep must be led. Sheep must be tended. Sheep must be attended to. And sheep must be taken care of. God treats his people by his word as sheep. And sheep must be led. Sheep must be tended. Sheep must be attended to. And sheep must be taken care of. So in First Samuel chapter 16, there is something about faithful men. Because faithful men will be found doing the same thing. Saul had done the number on Samuel. And so Samuel goes to the house of Jesse to anoint a king. Now, please observe something here. God doesn't give Samuel the name of the king. But Samuel is going to anoint a king. But Samuel doesn't have the name of a king. But Samuel knows that there is a king somewhere in the house of Jesse. So Samuel goes there. Now, in 1 Samuel chapter 16 verse 1, see how it works. 1 Samuel 16 1. And the Lord said unto Samuel, How long will thou mourn for Saul? Seeing I have rejected him from reigning over Israel. Fill thy horn with oil and go. I will send thee to Jesse the Bethlehemite. For I have provided me a king among his sons. He goes in there. He says, Jesse, somehow God has decided to choose one of the members of your Bible school. Somehow God has decided to choose one of your disciples. One of your members who is studious in your Bible school. Those people who buy your books and study very diligently. Those who show up on social media with, with your messages and engages others to listen. So he said, come in, let's see. So he brings in the eldest, Eliab, one who is tallest and has the greatest popularity. The pastor in verse 6, look at it, verse 6 of First Samuel 16. <clears throat> and it came to pass when they were come... That he looked on Eliab and said, Surely the Lord's anointed is before him. He says, This is the man. Before me is the Lord's anointed. And the Lord said to him in verse 7 of 1 Samuel 16, verse number 7. But the Lord said unto Samuel, Look not on his countenance or on the height of his stature. Don't be moved by his popularity because I have refused him. For the Lord seeth not as man seeth. For man looketh on the outward appearance, but the Lord looketh on the heart. Ministry is of the heart. Ministry is not in looks. Ministry is in the condition of a man's heart. You can look the part, but not have the part. I mean the heart. 
But somebody may not look like a minister, but has the heart. It's a heart thing. You know, um, I had uh, Benny Hinn many years ago say, you know, he said to Pastor Ray Macaulay, far back in the 80s, he said he believes that God gives to pastors a very special heart. Pastors. Because pastors have dealings with members. So God gives them a very special heart. I think so myself. You know, I think so myself. God gives them a very special heart. Now, God said, I have refused him. You are looking at the outward appearance, but I'm looking at the heart condition. I'm looking at his heart. I have refused him. Now, just the next chapter will tell you the kind of person Eliab is. The word refused there in Hebrew has to do with disqualified. He is disqualified. And you know, there are people who are disqualified way ahead of time. Way ahead of time. From the time they start discipleship, their behavior, their heart condition, their motives, they are already disqualified for ministry. That's why some people all their life in church, they never are able to do ministry. Always learning, never able to come to the knowledge of the truth because their heart is not right. Their heart condition, their motives, their intentions, what they are looking for is not what God is looking for. Their heart a minister of the gospel is as successful as the state of his heart where ministry is concerned. Is as successful as the state of his heart where ministry is concerned. Are we still in the house? Where ministry is concerned. So he says he is not the guy. And that's strange because culturally the firstborn is the person to choose. Then they called all the children. And the Lord said, neither have I chosen all of them. Now look at verse 10 to 11 of First Samuel chapter 16. Verse 10 to 11. Again, Jesse made seven of his sons to pass before Samuel. And Samuel said unto Jesse, the Lord had not chosen this. And Samuel said unto Jesse, I hear all thy children. And he said, there remaineth yet the youngest. And behold, he keepeth the sheep. That's a word to underline. Behold, he is the youngest, but he keepeth the sheep. And Samuel said unto Jesse, Send and fetch him, for we will not sit down till he come to down. Send and fetch him. They asked Jesse, Is this everyone? Jesse says, These are the ones that people recognize. They are on Facebook, they are the ones that are on television. Then he says, oh, there's one. Behold, he keepeth fish. I mean sheep. He's the youngest. But he keepeth sheep. Somehow, somewhere, you know, sometimes when you have that impression of the spirit, some things will just buzz. When he heard that the young man keepeth sheep, he said, that's the one. And we will not sit down. Because when I see a man that has the potential for ministry, when I talk with him five minutes, I can tell. A man that even if you drag him into ministry will not do anything. I can tell. I mean, I can tell. You don't need to close your eyes. Especially if you've been around. You don't need to fast. <laughs> you don't need to pray. I don't need to, uh, to jerk and say, say the I can just look at you, engage you in a five minutes discourse. And I can tell you whether you can, you're ready for ministry or not. He said, that's the one. If this guy is keeping sheep. And he's the youngest. That's the one. Then he says, we will not sit down till he comes. So, 
He keeps the sheep. Go get him. That's our man. He knew that he had something we need for Israel. He kept the sheep. The leader of Israel, Moses knew who the keepers of the people were. You know, God says, select 70 men. I will take off your spirit and put on them. And, and Moses knew. In Acts chapter 6, choose ye out among you, honest men, full of the Holy Ghost and of good report. And they pointed them out. It's in any fellowship, in any campus, in any church. All you need is just be observant. You can pinpoint people that are potentials to, to, to be leaders and pastors. It shows. You can't have the potential and it's hidden. It will show your commitment, your sense of responsibility, how you are there on time, how you attend to people, how you respond to people, how you are engaged in people, how you are, you, you say, brother, not looking happy, you walk up to him, you give him a word of encouragement, you grab somebody who needs prayer, you pray for him, you're all over the place, you are interested. You know, service is over. Pastor is still standing by the pulpit to attend to people. You don't just walk away. You, those that have potential for ministry, they hang around because more is caught than taught. More is caught than taught. They hang around. They watch the man of God. They see how he talks. They see how he prays. Sometimes they even come close to hear what the people are saying and the kind of answer he is giving. Sometimes they are even ready to stay with him and join him to pray for people. Because those are the experiences of ministry. Those that don't have any potential for ministry, they are not interested. They are not interested. The only thing they are interested in is that brother came with a big car. Let me collect his complimentary card. They want to follow people out and see which car he brought, which car she brought. That may be a potential person that may give me contract or contact or introduce me. That's all they're interested. It shows where their heart is. But those that have potential for ministry, they want to hang around the man of God. They want to check how he does what he does. Sometimes they ask questions. Nobody appointed them. They appoint themselves. They want to come around. You see them hanging around. The pastor is telling them, go home. They say, no, sir. When you leave, we will leave. Not that they have any appointment. Not that they have any responsibility. They are learning ministry. But those who are not interested, even when you tell them, hang around. Okay, one, two, three, please hang around. Leaders, come and hang around. They are not interested. No potential for ministry. They are not ready. There's no preparation. There's no desire. They are not coveting the things of the spirit. Such people can grow. Only people that are coveting the things of the spirit can tap in and grow. Because more is caught than taught. It's not everything we teach. There are things you just watch and you learn. Are we teaching here? Like the young man who went to cast out demons, closed his eye, they, they took out the eye for him. If he has been hanging around when we did deliverance, he will have observed how we cast out demons. He will have observed how we get people born again. He will have observed how we respond to people who have situations. Because you have to learn. It's called internship. It's called discipleship. Sometimes you even tell some pastors, hang around, I want to talk to the first timers. They walk away. You have to run around and be looking for there's, there's no fire. There's no zeal. It's like we're just forcing them to do ministry. 
And then when new people come who have fire, we remove them and put new people. They start murmuring. May, may, may you not murmur because if you murmur, you'll be in another trouble. You have all the opportunity to learn. Every Sunday I stand here and I minister. After service, I hang around. I talk to people. I pray for people. I counsel people. I hang around. I hang around. And there's no restriction to anybody from hanging around with me. Some of you know what I'm talking about. I hang around. I pray for people. I talk to people. I respond to people. Sometimes if you're even around, if I want to talk to somebody like we did last night, I'll say, come, 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 come. Let's talk to this person. Because I want you to observe what I'm about to do. I want you to see the way I will answer. I want you to see the way I will respond. Because I'm training. I'm a trainer. I love training people. I'm always carrying people with me because I, at every opportunity, I want to transfer knowledge. I want to transfer experience. I don't hold. I'm not a selfish person. I want to share my life with people that, that value it and are willing to learn. Not unserious people. You hang around me for 10 years. You can't even pray for the sick. What an unserious human being you are. You hang around me for five years. You can't even do ministry. You, you're not serious. You are the type that God will tell Samuel, I have refused him. I have refused this one. I have refused him because he's not serious. He's not serious. He's not serious. Because if he's serious, his attitude will show. He said, I have refused him. In Acts chapter 6, he said, choose those you know because he shows. He keeps the sheep. He's the youngest. <laughs> I thought the youngest would be in the field playing with other children. I thought the youngest would be in the field playing football. No, the youngest became responsible. He's the one that hangs around. He wants to always be where ministry is happening so he can learn. He wants to always be where ministry is happening so he can observe, so he can engage. When I was learning ministry, when I was growing up, every opportunity to see people minister, even if, I, even if they want me to pay, if I had the money, I'm willing to pay. I'm, I was so inquisitive. If I see a man of God, I'll just be asking questions. I'll just be asking questions. Every man of God I came across, I will stop. I will say, please, man of God, I have a few questions. No man of God passed me by without me collecting something from them. And if they are doing something, I will hang around. If they need help, I will give. I will carry briefcase. I will carry their handbag. Because that's the only reason why I have to be there. I see young men of today. No drive. No drive. No fire. No hunger. No, no zeal. <laughs> Ministry is not magic. Ministry is no magic. You don't want to serve. You have no future in the ministry. This boy ought to be around playing with his friends. He's a young man. He has elder brothers. But yet, he's the youngest that is responsible and looking after sheep. He's going to use you because you are responsible. That's the only reason why God will use you. Not because you have the height. Not because you have the shape. Not because you can speak good English. Not because you are very eloquent. It's because you are responsible. He kept sheep. That resonated even though it was insignificant. 
But Samuel knew that is it. That's the sign we're looking for. As soon as David came in, God said, Arise, anoint him. This is he. <laughs> Arise. Does God reject people not for salvation, but for ministry? Yes. Capital Y-E-S. He does not reject people for salvation, but he rejects people for service. He rejects people for ministry. That's why Paul said, I put my body under that after preaching to others, I won't be disqualified from reward. Yes, God rejects people from service. You have to be qualified. First Timothy chapter 3 verse 1 to 13. Those are qualifications for a man that will be a pastor or a bishop. You have to be what God wants. In Acts chapter 6, they didn't choose everybody. They chose selected people. In salvation, come as you are. In leadership, no, you can't come as you are. You select, you choose. In 1 Samuel 17, it comes out what he was doing. Look at it, 1 Samuel 17 verse 12. 1 Samuel chapter 17 verse number 12. Now, David was the son that the Ephratite of Bethlehem Judah, whose name was Jesse. And he had eight sons. And the man went out among for an old man in the days of Saul. So David is the youngest. Look at verse 15. Verse 15 of the same chapter. But David went and returned from Saul to feed his father's sheep at Bethlehem. When you are faithful, you are faithful. When you are not faithful, you are not faithful. A great man of God said that I agree with him. Great men are revealed in little things. Little men are revealed in great things. Great men are revealed in little things. Little men are revealed in great things. If you want to know a great man, you will see how faithful he is in little, little things. Little, little things. You want to see a small man, He's looking for the pulpit when he has not learned to clean the chair. He's looking for the microphone when he has not learned how to attend prayer meeting. He's looking for limelight when he cannot even explain John 3.16. He's looking for popularity. He can't explain scripture. He's already having channel on YouTube where he's preaching. Meanwhile, he has not served he has not understood it. He has not been discipled. Yet he wants to own a channel to be preaching. He wants popularity. He wants limelight. You don't look for limelight until you are prepared for it. Because nothing destroys men of God fast like limelight. When you are not prepared for it, it will be your greatest undoing. Give a faithful man an insignificant work. He will do it very well. Give an unfaithful man a big walk. You will regret why you gave him that walk. He will bring it down. There's nothing too small when you are faithful. There's nothing too small when you're faithful. I'm committed today as I were when I didn't even have much light. When I had few people, I prayed and studied faithfully and walked faithfully with the little light I had. With the little light I had. When I was starting ministry newly, the little light that was available, there were no people like me to teach me. 
There were no people like me to teach me. You, you think 30 years ago, if I had somebody teach me what I'm teaching you today, hmm, they were not there. So we were doing trial and error. We will push, we will stumble, we will fall, we will stagger, we will stand up. We, 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 we navigated our way through the dark to get to where we got. You, you have the privilege of me. I'm even giving you more than you can chew per time. I'm pushing. You have no excuse. You have no excuse. So yeah, you have no excuse. <laughs> you don't become faithful overnight. You become faithful in little things. And it's over time. It's over time. You can't be faithful if you can't be faithful raising a disciple. You can't be faithful in Bible study. You can't be faithful in prayer meeting. You can't be faithful in evangelism. <laughs> How will you be able to handle complex theological issues? How? David went back to sheep. They just anointed him. David has just been anointed a king. Yet, he went back to the sheep. That's a faithful man. He didn't start printing complimentary cards. With his new title. He went back to the ship. The same thing I was doing that brought me this recognition. Is what I keep doing. I don't stop. Huh? In fact, I do it now with increased dedication. With increased sacrifice. Then he went back to ship. Went back to his house church. And went back on time. Cleaned the place before service. Opened the place for people to come. Led in the prayer meeting. No matter the anointing. Nothing changed in his commitment to service. Talking about David. What else? Look at verse 17. See what David did. In verse 17 of that same chapter. And Jesse said unto David his son. Take now for thy brethren an ephah of this parched corn. And these ten loaves. And run to the camp. To thy brethren. He sent him just like Peter, James and John. He is now carrying food. Why? Because the leader of God's children is a servant. The leader of God's children is a servant. If you can't serve, you can't lead. If service is beneath you, then leadership is way, 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 way too far from you. If service is beneath you, then leadership is way, way, way too far from you. You should be able to serve. So David goes. He takes the food there. And look at verse 20. The confrontation. Verse 20. And David rose up early in the morning. And left the sheep with a keeper. He left the sheep with a keeper. That's something to underline. He left the sheep with a keeper. And took and went. As Jesse had commanded him. And he came to the trench. As the host was going forth to the fight. And shouted for the battle. He left with a keeper. Very faithful. He didn't just leave the ship and say, after all, I have been sent. No, he made sure the ship was well taken care of by somebody in his absence. That's a responsible person. That's a responsible person. So when you hear, he led with the integrity of his heart. This is just the background of that integrity. He has the experience of a faithful man. He knows how to keep the sheep of God. By knowing how to keep the insignificant things 
sheep. If you do not know how to clean the venue for fellowship, how to clean the place for people to sit, then you don't love those who are coming to the service. You don't love them. <laughs> if, you can't, if you don't know how to go there, clean the place so that when they come, they can be comfortable. Then you don't love the people of God. You don't love them. <clears throat> Hallelujah. Teaching good? You want to reach the world, but you cannot serve the immediate brethren. Are you not a hypocrite? You are too busy. You are too engaged. <laughs> you are just a joker. Some of us are in a hurry, hurry to laugh at a man of God who has been in ministry for 40 years, 50 years, 45 years. Meanwhile, you cannot be faithful for four weeks consistently. You can't even be faithful consistently for four weeks. But you are in a hurry to laugh at a man of God that has been doing this thing through thick and thin, tough and rough, hard and easy, all. He's been through all manner of weather and yet he's still pushing after 45 years. And you say he doesn't have doctrine. Carry your doctrine and get out. What doctrine? This man labors for 40 years. You, you, with all your doctrine, you can't be faithful for four weeks. You're full of excuses, yet you have doctrine. Take your doctrine and go with it somewhere. The man may not have doctrine, but the man is faithful. He's faithful with the little he knows. And he's doing it well. That's what Jesus will reward. The man has been doing it, he's still doing it, and he's consistent. You must be faithful. Jesus said, faithful in little will make you a ruler over much. David goes to the field. And he decides to take care of Goliath. Now, look at 1 Samuel 17.28. <clears throat> Pay attention. 17.28. And Eliab, his eldest brother, heard when he spoke unto the men. And Eliab's anger was kindled against David. And he said, Why camest thou down hither? And with whom hast thou left those few sheep in the wilderness? Underline those few sheep in the wilderness. I know thy pride and the naughtiness of thy heart. For thou art come that thou mayest see the battle. Look at the way he spoke about his father's work. Look at the way Eliab spoke about his father's work. Already it reveals the content of his heart. Look at the kind of disdain that he used in describing his father's work. Who did you leave that few sheep? That small church. Those few members. He disdained his father's work. When you see people like this, they are like Esau. They talk down on their inheritance. Esau was called a profane man. A profane man is a man of no value. He was given to profanity. He had no value for spiritualities. He had no honor for sacred things. He called his entire father's inheritance for them few sheep. Who did you leave that few sheep with? With disdain and mockery. See his heart. That's why he was refused. See his heart. That's why he was refused. <laughs> Talk down on what their dad does. Spoke in disdain. 
Such people are rejected. Members of power city, listen to me carefully. No matter your anger, I know you should not be angry. But even if by mistake, anger takes hold of you, don't say the wrong things. Don't ever say the wrong thing. It will catch up with you. Don't ever. I am telling you, don't say stupid things. Anything you disrespect, you have signed it off from your life. It doesn't matter how you are feeling when you threw the disrespect. There's no excuse for dishonor. Oh, I, I was angry now. I didn't like the way that man of God behaved now. That's why I just spoke like that. There is no excuse for dishonor. No matter how angry you are, you must know where not to be angry. You must know where not to be angry. How can you call it a few sheep? This is a man without honor. A man without respect for holy things. And he shows up in the basic things. Esau said, what is it with my birthright? Who cares about birthright? Birthright? Who cares about being a leader in church? Who cares about being in the prayer team? Who cares about preaching and teaching? Who cares about ministry? I just want to eat the word of God and be fine. If they don't allow me to serve, it doesn't matter. You are Esau. Profanity. A man of no value. A man of no respect. No regard. I can't kill myself over ministry. I can't kill myself over anybody. Then God is not going to trust you with responsibility. Because he killed himself over the same people you can't kill yourself for. He killed himself for them. He gave up himself. Let nobody just come here and be strangulating me. Let nobody choke me. I have my own life to live. And such people don't serve. Nobody should come to my house. So I just bought a new rug. All this one Papa is talking about house churches. I don't, nobody should come to my house. It's a new rug. Because this rug now, before you know it, as they are coming and going, coming and going, it will be old. Nobody should come to my house. Rug. Rug. The poverty in your family is still warming up. Rug. Rug. Just rug. Rug. Because you bought rug, brethren cannot come and fellowship in your house. Rug. 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 Rock carpet. Carpet. When brethren are coming, remove your shoe, remove your shoe, remove. Ah, ah. Rug. Rug. Holy ground. We should remove our shoe. For holy ground. You have a long way. You have a long way to go. People that Jesus shed his blood for. Cannot enter your house because of rug. <laughs> David did exactly what I would have done. Is there not a cause? Is there not a cause? And some of us will turn to our spouses because of a little domestic 
argument. And every time there's a small argument, she does. And you say you are a pastor. And you say you are a pastor. Madam, be careful. Be careful. Don't use the call of God on a man to be taking advantage of him. Don't. Respect holy things. Respect what God respects. Honor what God honors. You say, hey, pastor, pastor nonsense. <laughs> Madam, you're crazy. You're very crazy. No matter what happens, watch what you say. David said to Eliab, when Eliab was saying, few sheep, few sheep, David said, ah, ah, is there not a cause? David ignored him and turned to another person. Hear me well, everybody. If people bring railing accusation against you, don't engage them. The best answer to accusation is ignore. Ignore. Don't answer them. Don't answer them. Tell them, I'm too busy. I can't come down. I'm too busy. I have work to do. Because once you engage them, you're distracted. Don't engage them. Just ignore. That's what I do. I just simply go. I have work to do. Somebody was prophesying that I will go to the bush and all kinds of things. I didn't see the video. I'm too busy to see such things. It's people that brought it and called my attention. And up till today, I have not watched the video. I have not watched it. I don't have the time. I don't have the time. Watch what a man that is not thinking straight is saying. I'm too busy. I'm too busy. I'm too busy. <laughs> when people are engaging you in useless things, tell them I'm too busy. Keep your eyes on the ball. Keep your eyes on the ball. Tell them I have work to do. I have the nations of the earth to reach. I have you to pastor. I have you to teach. I have you to be there for. Because all of you too are there for me. I have you to pray for. Eliab turned and moved. I mean, yeah, David turned and moved. He got Goliath down eventually. But observe what happened. First Samuel 17, when he got to Saul, and Saul said, I am going to help you take out Goliath. I mean, and David said to Saul, I'm going to help you take out Goliath. Saul said to David, how do I know you're able? Look at verse 33. See what Saul told David. And Saul said to David, thou art not able to go against this Philistine. To fight with him. For thou art but a youth. And he a man of war from his youth. <laughs> uh, when they said someone will take down Goliath. Uh, Saul was excited. He thought a very serious person was coming. <laughs> then he saw a youth. <laughs> uh, he comes and says. Is it this David? <laughs> This David that plays the harp. He's a musician. He's not a serious guy. He plays his instrument. <laughs> He's just joking. David, 
Don't do comedy around me. This is a serious matter. <laughs> he doesn't know that there was, there was silent training time. There are people that God is training quietly. Quietly. You are not aware of what's going on. And one day they come out. You think they are just coming out. They've been in the training field. However, in hidden corners. The great men that God is raising all over the world that are undergoing training and they are not playing, they are building, they are developing. Their day of showing forth is surely coming. There is a day. There's training going on. Then he said to him, are you able to, are you able to take Goliath when he saw that David was serious? Look at verse 34. Ah, yeah, yeah, yeah. Look at verse 34 of that same chapter. And David said unto Saul, thy servant kept his father's sheep. And there came a lion and a bear and I took a lamb out of the flock. I've been in practice. I'm not just a fresher. I've been in the bush. I've been where nobody saw me. Nobody watched my video. Nobody had my voice. Nobody had my message. Nobody had me. Nobody knew what was going on. I've been in silent training and preparation. And even in my training moments, things like Goliath came and I took care of them. That's why this one is a joker. There's nothing. I've been, I've been around. I've been around. I took a lamb and a bear. Look at verse 34. Verse 34 of that same chapter. And I went out after him and smote him and delivered it out of his mouth. And when he arose against me, I caught him by his beard and smote him and slew him. Thy servant slew both the lion and the bear. And this uncircumcised Philistine shall be as one of them. Seeing he had defied the armies of the living God. He's about to lead not by chance. This is a guy who is about to lead by experience. I've been around. I may not be popular. I may not be on the front lines of the newspapers. But I've been around. And when the chips are down, you know how long we've been around. You know how long this training has been going on. Paul will say to Timothy, do not choose a bishop who has no experience. Don't choose a bishop, a pastor a novice cannot be a pastor first timothy 3 6. a novice first timothy 3 6. not a novice less being lifted up with pride he falls into the condemnation of the devil the word novice in the greek is the word neophytios neophytios n-e-o-p-h-e-t-e-o-s neophytios he is just an overnight it means somebody who just sprang out no training nothing he just appeared overnight and you know overnight ministers they collapse overnight <laughs> people ask me dr damina where do you get your stamina from <sighs> what kind of food are you eating what kind of vitamins are you taking you preach with such stamina it's like you never get tired do you know where i'm coming from <laughs> this is a man that will preach crusade without equipment and the crowd, wherever they are standing, they will hear my voice. This voice has been under training for decades. So, preaching of one, two hours is nothing to this voice. It's training. It's training. And we say, you preach with a lot of energy. Do you know how I pray? For hours. We pray for hours. Sweat will fill the whole floor as if rain fell. They will mop the place because of sweat. Uh, 
and it's not one year, not two years, not 10 years, not 15 years, not 20 years, not 25. We've been on this thing. You lead by experience. And this experience, you don't buy it in the market. If you don't have it, you don't have it. The only way to have the experience is to go through. That's the only way. You have to go through. And many people don't want that going through. So if you can't go through, you can't get to. You have to go through to get to. There are no shortcuts. There are no, there are no cutting of corners. There are no cutting of corners. Am I teaching good tonight? No cutting of corners. Listen carefully, everybody. No serious leader will trust anybody that just sprang up accidentally. No serious leader. <laughs> no serious leader. Pastor <laughs> hey, hey. I have met senior men of God around the world. Some of them have given me their pulpit to preach. Some of them never met me before. The moment I meet them for the first time, maybe somebody recommended and they invited me to their church. The moment we meet, before they take me to their pulpit in the office, the first question is, how long have you been in ministry? First question. They want to know. They want to know this man that has come. How much experience does he have to handle my audience? Second question. How is your wife? How many children do you have? Second question. Once I answer those two questions, they will give me something to drink. We'll be ready for service in a few minutes. Let me just check what's going on in the congregation. He has already gotten what he needs. Every time you meet a senior experienced minister, the first thing they will ask you is, how long have you been in ministry? That's the first question. They are not interested in your epignosis. They want to know if you have the experience to handle their congregation. No, no, no serious minister will trust a fly-by-night. You know what a fly-by-night is? Someone just, who just appeared. No history. No history. No, you can't trace where he was trained. You can't find where he came from. You can't find, find who he served. You can't find where he served. Nobody to give him recommendation. You know, you can't trust him. Even in the secular world, when you apply for a job, they'll ask you for references. References means we want to know where you're coming from. And we want to know your history. Ministry is not exempted from it. It's not. He is saved. He has served. Those are the two recommendations. He is saved. He has served. Like Timothy. Joshua ministered with Moses. He has been there. He was there when the church started. He has been there. And he is still there consistent and committed on fire. Paul will say in 2 Corinthians chapter 1 verse 4. 2 Corinthians chapter 1 verse number 4. Who comforted us in all our tribulation. That we may be able to comfort them. Which are in any trouble. By the comfort wherewith we ourselves are comforted of God. It is what God has used to help us. That we will use to help others. There is no fly by night in this thing. It takes consistency of years. As you grow in leadership, all your experiences will become useful. I said it the other day. The good, the bad, the ugly. Today's learning. Today's learning experience for me. 
in two years time i will use the experience of today in two years time to keep leading god's people you don't drop the ball no matter the challenge because the seeming challenges you have eventually become useful in ministry in discipleship you acquire deep experience with the lord you serve then you can lead others as a servant not as a ruler you serve then you can lead others as a servant not as a ruler so take note of this number one faithfulness is never in the past i used to be faithful i used to be faithful faithfulness is never in the past number two humility is never in the past anyone can be humble when they are young or when they are poor or don't have anything to boast of it is natural to be humble when you don't have anything the true test of your humility is when you start having money you start having position you start having recognition will you still be humble enough to clean the toilet will you still come early and clean the toilet a friend of mine pastor chris okotia in lagos few years ago number of years ago actually first time i was meeting him in lagos years ago chris okotia I got to Lagos. I wanted to meet him. I've always liked Chris Okotie. Even before he became a preacher. I've always liked him. You know there are people you just like. If anybody abuse them, you can even beat him. Because you just like them. And no matter what they do, you like them. Case closed. That's how I like him. <laughs> so I went to Lagos. And then somebody who knows me in a quiet bone was close to him. Suddenly came into the office and said, ah. Pastor, you're here. He went up and told Pastor Chris Okote, my pastor in Akwai Bomb is here. He wants to meet you. So Chris Okote said, bring him up. So I got up, we met with Chris Okote, and then we chatted, we chatted, we chatted, and we started developing relationship. So that same evening, he now said to me, can we go down to the sanctuary? I said, why not? I came to just spend time with you and just fellowship. So I followed him down to the sanctuary. Look at cars parked. Cars. I mean, when you hear cars, serious cars in different classes rates and sizes all lined up as if it was a car mart lined up in front of the church so i said to him is there service today he said no it's the ushers that have come to clean the church i said excuse me the ushers have this car he said yes our ushers are mds ceos of companies those are the people cleaning the church i said okay i'm hearing <laughs> i'm learning something ceos managing directors were the people cleaning and washing the church and when we entered see the way they were all on their shorts with their t-shirts some of them carrying brooms and buckets these are people that have staff in their companies coming to the church to clean it by themselves some people will pay people to go and do it when you grow to where you are using money instead of using the same hands that you are using when you are nobody you something is going wrong with your mind they were all over the place, sweeping, cleaning with their buckets. I stood and became more humble than ever. Ah, ah. These are ushers. It's not a world congress. It's not a United Nations occasion. These are just ushers. That was enough preaching for me. 
Humility is not what you used to do. Faithfulness is not what you used to do. Same thing with loyalty. Loyalty is not in the past. It is what you are still doing now. So we find that David is a faithful guy. Faithful with few. You can see the sheep. was not really a big farm. It was a small farm. The brother called it few sheep. So there must have been few. Few members. Small church. You must carry your disciples. You must carry your disciples and treat them like gold. No matter how many they are. You treat them like gold. Because that is your heart state. When there's pain on them, there's pain on you. When they cry, you cry. When they're in trouble, you're praying. Just be faithful. Teaching the word. I have seen people abandon their flock. When there's a problem, the pastor takes off. He has never been able to pastor many things for years. You shouldn't be like that. Don't ever treat God's sheep like nothing. Faithfulness is never in the past. Humility is never in the past. Loyalty is never in the past. So as you are a disciple, you also are going to grow in experience. As a disciple, you're also growing. Make sure that your experience becomes useful for others. How can that happen? The only way that can happen is if you don't drop the ball. Stay focused. You will have the expected experiences. You will have difficulties. It's normal. You will have difficulties. But don't drop the ball. You will be tempted to feel like giving up. Hold on. If you hold on just a little. You will find out that somehow, somehow, strength will be supplied. When you feel like you can't take it anymore, stand there and hold on. We are not of day that draw back. We are of day that press forward to the saving of the soul. Teaching good tonight? Yeah. We stay with it. We stay with it. Then somewhere along the line, what seemed like trouble will now become comfort unto others. I have had people say your teaching has brought me life. Your teaching has helped me to stay in ministry. I've had ministers say to me, it is when I started hearing your teaching now that Christianity is becoming meaningful. I am wondering what if I didn't stay? What if I gave up? When all hell broke loose? What if I quitted? When it was tough to go on? What if I surrendered? When it was like nobody was on my side. But I held on and I pressed on. Pressing up the upward way. New heights I'm gaining every day. I'm pressing on to higher ground. Lord plant my feet on higher ground. I'm pressing on. Brother Paul said this one thing I do. I forget the past. I press forward towards the mark of the high calling of God in Christ Jesus. I forget the past. I see people today blessed by my ministry. All over the world. Supposing I gave up 10 years ago. Supposing I gave up 15 years ago. Supposing I quitted. 
Where was that? Somebody said to me, I, I don't know where it was. Somebody said to me, Papa, anytime you ever feel like giving up, remember me. I need you. You can't give up. Anytime you feel like giving up, my life, think about my life, please, and hold on some more. I told him, me, <laughs> if I was going to give up, it would have been long ago. The bridges that I would have used to go back, they are all burnt. There's no more bridge, so there's no going back. This journey is to the end. Kabayada. We're not of day that draw back. We're of day that press forward. I trust God to abide. I trust God to help me. I trust God to keep me. I trust him. Second Timothy chapter 2 verse 2. Brother Paul will say to Timothy, the things that you have heard of me among many witnesses the same commit thou to faithful men who shall be able to teach others also so be faithful with the teaching what we are teaching you take it serious because that is one of the things you will commit to people the things you have heard the teachings you have heard Look at Titus chapter 1 verse 9. Brother Paul said to Titus, Titus chapter 1 verse 9, holding fast the faithful word as he had been taught, that he may be able by sound doctrine both to exhort and to convince the gainsayers. Holding fast the faithful word. That is, he understands the faithful word and he is able to teach others. He holds fast that faithful word. You haven't seen us teach anything else. Even under the pandemic. I was coming here and I kept teaching the same thing. I didn't change the texture of my message to fit into the pandemic. Where the message is concerned, the pandemic does not exist. We kept teaching the same thing. In and out of season, we are holding fast to the form of faithful words which we have received. We do not preach to suit people. We preach the same thing. You are the one that will look for how to fit in. Be faithful with the teaching. We will never compromise it. Because we have the faithful word. The faithful word requires a faithful minister. The faithful word requires a faithful minister. Can you say with me very loud, every one of you, I am faithful. Whether your pastor is there or not, you must make up your mind to be faithful. Faithful simply means be loyal to what you are called to do and do it well. Be loyal to what you are called to do and do it well. He is faithful with the teaching. He is faithful with the purpose. Two things. He is faithful with the teaching. He is faithful with the purpose. Paul will say to Timothy, you know my purpose. You know it. Second Timothy 3.10. Paul will say to Timothy, you know my purpose. 3.10. But thou hast fully known my doctrine, manner of life, purpose, faith, long-suffering, charity, patience. You know my purpose. That word purpose is the Greek word protheistis. Protheistis. P-R-O-T-H-E-S-T-I-S. It means my dedication. You know what I am dedicated to. 
you know the reason why I do it. In other words, as we rub off on each other, we pick purpose from each other. We pick purpose from each other. I am not really trying to do something new. God, what do you want me to do? A sense of purpose. Doing it for the same reason God wants you to do it. We learn purpose from each other. We learn the word and ministry from others. We also learn purpose from others. So in discipleship, as you lead men in Christ, write these things down quickly, quickly, quickly. Number one, you lead men in prayer. You lead men in prayer. Number two, you lead men in the workings of the spirit. You lead men in prayer. You lead men in the workings of the spirit. Number three, you lead men through commitment. In commitment. You lead them in commitment. That extra push will bless somebody's life. Somewhere, that extra staying power. That extra staying power is going to be somebody's saving grace. People are looking up to you. You must make sure you don't drop the ball. Number three. You lead people in learning discipleship. I mean number four. No, number one, you lead them in prayer. Number two, you lead them in the workings of the spirit. Number three, you lead them in commitment. Number four, you learn discipleship from people. You learn discipleship from people. Number five, I mean number four. Number five, you learn morality from people. Morality. The aspect of being sincere. And pure in conduct. Morality. That's number four. Number three, discipleship. I mean number five, morality. Number four, discipleship. Number three, commitment. Number two, workings of the spirit. Number one, prayer. Okay. Number six, you learn generosity. You learn generosity. You learn generosity. Number seven. You learn how to handle sorrow and pain when you serve from others. How to handle sorrow and pain when you serve from others. I'm going to ask you tonight, can, can others learn from you these things? Can people just follow you and learn prayer? Learn the workings of the spirit? Can people follow you and learn commitment to the gospel? When people come around you, can they, can they learn how to disciple people? Can people come around you and learn morality and purity in conduct? Can people just by hanging around you learn generosity? What of when there's pain and sorrow? Can people learn one or two things from you? When your expectations are not met, how do you respond? How do you react? You learn it by watching others. When you see the way people handle things, it's easy for you to handle it. There's that call on us. To be Joshua, to be David, to be Elisha, to be Timothy, to be Titus. We're learning it. We're not trying to form our own. We're not trying. We're watching and simply replaying what we're learning. 
We are not trying to reinvent the wheel. That's all we are doing. We are not under pressure. So, let's see 1 Thessalonians 5.12. 1 Thessalonians chapter 5 verse 12. <clears throat> and we beseech you brethren to know them, know them which labor, labor among you and are over you in the Lord and admonish you and admonish you. Know them that labor among you. We beseech you brethren to know. Did he say we beseech you brethren to know all the men of God? What did he say? Know them that labor well among you. Some of you don't even know the name of the pastor of Power City, Lagos, Power City, Abuja, Power City, Portacot. But you know the names of 20 men of God in Nigeria. You're a bad example. Very bad example. Your responsibility are the leaders over you in your local church. You need to know them. Those are the ones to know. Those that labor among you. They are over you in the Lord. Which are among you, not in the body of Christ, but among you. You esteem them very highly in love for their work's sake. Know them. First Peter 4, 5. Peter says, First Peter chapter 4, verse 5. Look at it. Brother Peter is speaking. He says, who shall give account to him? Give me Second Peter chapter 4, verse 5. Second Peter chapter 4, verse 5. Second Peter chapter 4, verse 5. Hallelujah. Brother Peter says that there are younger ones and there are elders. So there are pastors over pastors. District pastors over house church pastors. House church pastors over disciples. Recognize the leadership structure. The moment we follow the leader, that's how we achieve unity. By following the leader. This unity starts with two leaders in the same house. Once that happens, there will be dishonor. There will be disunity. And there will be discord. Disunity starts when I dare to be different. <clears throat> I'm trying to be different. I'm already different. I don't have to try. Disunity starts when I don't see just one person over me. When I'm seeing two people over me. That's disunity. Don't make Aaron's mistake. Don't make Aaron's mistake. Aaron always listens to what the congregation wants. The people say, the people say, the people say, that's Aaron's mistake. You have only one person to listen to, your leader. Nobody else. You are not to listen to the people, you are to listen to your leader. That's why Paul said the time will come when they will not want to, when they will not want to tell you what to teach. They will not hear. They will have itching ears. They will go around looking for, you know, 2 Timothy 4, 2 and 3. Time will come. They will not endure sound doctrine. Stay with what I have taught you. Pray and decide to live a life of faithfulness in the house. In all conditions and situations. As you lead others to lead others. Who will lead others to lead others? Who will lead others to lead others? To lead others, who will lead others? To lead others, to lead others, who will lead others? To lead others, to lead others, who will lead others? To lead others. 
and that is the way the legacy of the gospel of Christ keeps going from generation to generation. It takes faithful men. It takes faithful men. It takes faithful men. It takes loyal men. It takes dedicated people. It takes people that are focused. It takes people that have made up their minds to stay with the ministry. Through thick and thin, we're here. Yeah. And we're going to push this thing. We're committed to it. We're going to learn it well and teach it well and stay with it. Say, you have known my manner of life. You have known my purpose. You have known my example. You have known my conduct. It's not just the message you learn. You learn other things. You learn the conduct. You learn the manner of life. You learn the purpose. You learn the character. All that is important. That's what breeds success. Are we blessed tonight? Stand on your feet. That's all I got for you tonight. Glory to God. Shakotaba. What a week, man. Has it been a great week this week? Let's pray in the spirit as we round up. In the name of Jesus, Father, we praise you. Thank you, Lord. Father, I pray for everyone hearing the sound of my voice. In this building, on television, on radio, on social media, in the house churches, in our campuses around the world, and all our Bible study centers. Thank you, Lord, for the privilege to teach and to bring clarity from your word, to equip and to build your people as workmen, workmen, laborers, that will labor in the vineyard to make Jesus see the fruit of his labor in men disciples raised all over the world lord i decree that everyone hearing the sound of my voice by the holy ghost is being prepared is being equipped is being trained is being empowered and in the name of jesus we rejoice that we will see men raised all over the world through us men raised everywhere to preach christ to know christ to grow in the knowledge of christ Worthy ambassadors, worthy ambassadors, Jacolataba, men that will stand fast in this ministry in and out of season that will not be deterred by anything. Thank you, Father. Hallelujah. And I decree and declare tonight in the name of Jesus that anyone that is hearing the sound of my voice tonight that was getting tempted to quit or to give up, I command him fired up. In the name of Jesus. Satan, stop that. In the name of Jesus. Agaba, Shokolo, Namana, Koroto, Sakala. You're strengthened with might by the spirit in the inner man. And in the name of Jesus, you're fired up. Thank you, Father. The peace of God that passes all understanding keeps your heart and mind. And I pray for anyone that is sick out there, be healed. Be healed. In the name of Jesus. Thank you, Father, for the blessing. In Jesus' precious name. And every believer says it powerfully. Amen. Amen. Glory. Amen. What a service, man. Now listen, I want to take up your offerings quickly. We give in faith. We give in honor of Christ. We give in honor of Christ's finished work. 
we give in honor of our collective assignment to reintroduce Jesus to this generation, equipping believers to know who they are in Christ, what they have in Christ, and what Christ can do through you. Every time you give to this ministry, what you are saying is that this vision has to get to the ends of the earth. And we want you to know we appreciate you. Now remember, this Sunday is going to be Partnership Sunday for all partners of this ministry worldwide. You know, once every month is Partnership Sunday, where we give all the partners and friends of this ministry an opportunity to intentionally, deliberately give into this ministry what they have proposed in their heart to support this ministry, to help us meet up with all the budgets and keep this gospel going on all over the world. And I want to thank all of you partners. I want to thank all of you friends. We look forward to an exciting Sunday service together this coming Sunday. It's going to be exciting as we also pray for all of you and believe God for greater things. But I want you to know it's going to be an exciting time this Sunday. Now, I want to pray for your offerings. On TV, banking details are scrolling. On social media, the banking details are there. If you want to do a transfer, the details are there. But I want you to know, every time you give to this ministry in honor of Christ, your giving never goes unrewarded. Thank you, Lord. Lift up your offerings, Father. We give in faith, we give with joy, and we thank you for the privilege of honoring your word tonight. And we declare that as your word is going forth around the nations of the earth, we are partakers of the blessing. And through our giving tonight, we honor Christ. And I pray for everybody giving. Your needs are met supernaturally according to his riches in glory. Thank you, Father, for answer prayer. In Jesus' precious name. And every believer says a powerful amen. Glory to God. I'm going to be joining Mr. Michael Bush in the next one minute. You don't want to go away. You want to stay with us. It's going to be exciting. Tomorrow is Saturday. I'll be teaching here at 6 o'clock. And tomorrow is the day to the last day. Sunday will be the last day of, of Ted season 4. And I'm already preparing for Ted season 5. I'm just preparing. I'm informing you ahead of time. Because there's a lot more to, to, to train and to equip you with. Training never ends till Jesus comes. So get ready. But, you know, we'll take a break after Sunday and do other things before we take another time to do Ted Season 5. But we love you guys. It's been an exciting week. Looking forward to meeting all of you in the other studio. Radio audience, Mr. Bush will read for you the banking details, you know, as, as we begin Ask the Counselor. And until I see you in the other studio, enjoy the grace of Christ. Let's celebrate viewers around the world for being a part of this service tonight. Glory! Amen! You have been blessed by this message. For these all the messages and books by Dr. Abel Damino. Please call plus 234-806-800-9939 or email powercityoffice at gmail.com.
Okay, many thanks for staying tuned. We'll just go straight to the traditional opener of announcements that we always would serve, especially for our radio audience. Account name is Power City International. They are free banks. FCMB is number one, 2982, 68-2028. FCMB, 2982-68-2028. The account name, of course, Power City International is the same account name for Zenith. 10, 12, 36, 59, 12. 10, 12, 36, 59, 12, Zenith. And then Steel Power City International for UBA, 100, 39, 26, 465. 100, 39, 26, 465. That's announcement number one. Quickly, quickly, announcement number two for sponsorship. You could call plus 234 if you're doing from outside the country. Otherwise, it's OIDO free, 275-6104, or you send an email or two to Dr. Abel Damina at yahoo.com. The final announcements that you always would have, and it's coming right now, is for calls. I hope that we're able to have 10 minutes of calls on this edition of the program. Just make sure you can dial plus 234 if you're calling from outside the country. Otherwise, it's 0806 or you can just send an email or two to ask the counselor now at gmail.com, or better still, an SMS or two to plus two three four if you are calling from outside the country. Otherwise, it's to zero seven zero three six nine one eight six four two. That's um, the size of the opening announcements. I take you straight into the program proper, and I'm excited to say that Global Baba has joined us. Help me welcome. The set man, Dr. Abel Damina. The intercontinental, Mr. Bush. So, so good nice to, to see, see you. you today. So nice to see you, Global wow. Baba. Great, great, great. Yeah, Global Baba. I just needed to say that uh, the producer of the program is Pastor I.J. Quere, complete with his production team. And of course, Pastor Ray is still here, live from Manchester. Yep. He's just tapping everything, taking it in there. And he'll be carrying it back to Manchester in yes. a moment. Yes. Okay, so Global Baba, as we always do, we have opening prayers. Let's pray together. Father, thank you that your word is prevailing over the nations. Your word is growing and multiplying all over the world. And we pray for Kwaibom State, our state. We pray for the governor, his cabinet, his council. We pray for every civil servant, public servant, private individuals, businessmen, women, children, students in this society. We ask, O oh God, that your purpose and your counsel for each one continues to thrive. And we decree that our society creates an enabling environment for the gospel to keep thriving. Disciples raised, souls saved. In the name of Jesus, we pray for the rest of the world. That the gospel of Christ continues to thrive all over the nations. And that men are brought to the knowledge of the truth. And disciples are raised all over the world. And thank you, Lord, for the opportunity to serve you. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Okay, so here we take off. We spent the night in um, Egypt. So we're going to be starting there. From there is an entry here from Agama Omaga. It doesn't tell us where he or she is writing from, so we take that should be from Egypt. So it says, hello, Global Baba. I stumbled on your teachings online on Facebook the other day. I've been truly blessed. The short time I watched and listened to your teachings on several issues affecting my work with God due to many doctrines and belief systems. My eyes are opened and darkness is gone. Thank you, sir, for the labor. In word of God Almighty, which has resulted in much light from you to a generation, Agama Omaga. Amen. Thank you. Thank you very much. Okay, still another 
uh, entry, this time from Abel, doesn't tell us where, so we'll take that. should also come from up uh, north uh, the continent. Okay, so hello, Global Baba. Greetings in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. I've been busy with some projects, and I've done my part in the dealings and business by bringing the sellers and buyers together and finding investors. I know victory is mine now that I've connected two parties. To, um, I've connected two parties. Please pray with me that no circumvention of any sort will happen and no business shall be terminated as this has always been the pattern in the past. I depend on this business and deals to come to Nigeria and also to marry my fiancé. Please uh, pray for my relationship as well as my fiancé. Uh, 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 okay, my relationship as well as for my fiancé so that all opposition is defeated. My relationship uh, is showing signs of coldness. I'm more than 40 years of age and I'm still single. I've struggled in the past to keep or attract women due to some spells in the family, but I thank God for your messages that are truly transforming me. I listen to them at least three times a day. God bless you, sir. I want to visit you for counseling in Uyo. Thank you. Regards, Abel. Amen. Well, we, we join faith with you and we believe God with you for a miracle. We ask for an intervention in your marital life. We decree that in the name of Jesus, you have direction and clarity, confusion Amen. goes. Amen. Thank you, Father, for answer prayer. Amen. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Okay, from Egypt, we fly straight to the uh, west uh, coast of Africa. we we'll go to Togo. Lome says, Dear Seven of God, I watched a video of your answer session on Facebook entitled Holy Communion is not biblical. In answering a question, you said that disciples never practiced Holy Communion. Rather, they had breaking of bread, which is what we call love feast. You also had Last Supper, which is neither the Passover nor Holy Communion. You said it's dinner or love feast. If they never had Holy Communion, Global Baba, why did Paul warn about eating it unworthily? I mean, what unworthiness was Paul talking about in eating love feast to the point that people would die? First Corinthians 11, 27 to 30, with emphasis on verse 30. Solomon Okorunkwo is in Lume. Solomon Okorunko, have you ever heard of anybody who ate it and died since you were born? You never heard of it. So that means what Paul was saying is different from what you're thinking. My advice, I will advise you to order for my book, The Communion Table. Or if you're not good in reading, you can order the teaching, the audio teachings. It's Soteria Season 7. Soteria Season 7. You will have all the exegesis with all the scriptures well explained so that you have clarity you have a reason for what you believe from the word of God. Bless you. Okay, we we'll stay on, still on the western coast, the west coast of Africa, Ghana. Professor in the word of God. Hello, Global Baba. Thank you for blessing us with the message of Christ. I am Agbenam Benat, arrived from Ghana. Wow, thank you. Bless you. From Ghana to Cameroon. Hello, Global Baba. I'm Stanley. I write from Cameroon. There's a lady I wish to marry, but just a few days ago, she's tested HIV positive. And if you pray, yes, uh, please, she's given up on herself. I believe when you pray, she will receive her healing. I'm really disturbed. I really do love her. Sickness should not, cannot come between us. I've assured her before next week, she'll be negative. Look, looking forward to hearing from you, sir. Thank you. Amen. Father, we agree together for a miracle in that relationship and for your daughter. In Jesus' name, amen. 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 Still from Cameroon and the window for calls, uh, the 10-minute window opens now. But still from Cameroon, hello, Global Baba. I'm Apostle Kemba Roland. 
I arrived uh, from Kumba Town in the Republic of Cameroon where I'm doing ministry. So I wish to appreciate the great work you do in rightly dividing the world. I started following your teachings in 2010, then became serious in 2013. I must, testify, I must testify that you have caused a reawakening and revolution in my life and ministry. Gradually, the gospel you preach is affecting our country seriously. Many have uh, insulted, castigated, and mocked me because I'm your follower, but nothing moves me because I'm totally persuaded. In the same vein, I've gained more people who also follow your teachings. I'm the privileged overseer, Global Baba, of Life in Christ Ministry International, a.k.a. Eternal, Eternal Life City with the mandate of bringing life and immortality to life through the preaching and the teaching of the gospel of Christ Jesus to the entire human race. I had a vision recently, Global Baba, that Mama and you visited. You said you would pay us a surprise visit thereafter. My little daughter, Delight, says she loves Jahil. Global Baba would like you to pray for Cameroon. Thank you. Thank you for reaching out. We're so excited to hear about what God is doing with you in your ministry. And I believe, God, that one, one of these days will come to Cameroon and we'll be able to see you people and fellowship with you. We speak peace and the blessing over the nation of Cameroon. Amen. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Just in time, Global Baba, first caller. Hello. Hello. Yeah, oh, my name is Sir Hartman. You're calling I'm from... calling from Canada. Okay, great. Go ahead. Yeah, my um, uh, Global Baba, thank you for your messages. I listen to and, um, God, and also God bless you uh, Amen Yeah, my question is uh, um, Genesis uh, uh, about um, the earth was formless and, and darkness covered it question in relation to the earth right now of God because God speaking Okay. That network is not good. Yeah, we'd like to apologize. We hope you are able to steal in that call again because we didn't hear a thing. But Global Baba from Cameroon, let's fly straight next to Zambia. Gisno name says, hello, Global Baba. I'm a keen follower of your program. I get inspired with your teachings. Global Baba, I have a question. A leader of a particular church in Zambia, what can I do in that I try to advise the overseer of the church? But from the look of things, he doesn't take the advice and does what he feels when I know it does not really help the church. Well, because you're not in leadership position, it will be difficult for you to create a change in a church. So two things to do. Number one, if you are no more comfortable in that church after a while, you may have to leave so that you don't cause trouble for them in that place. And of course, you pray for them. So that's all you can do, nothing more. Because they are resisting the change, they are resisting your contribution, they are resisting all that you're bringing to make them better. So the best thing is, in order for you not to cause tension and create division, you may have to quietly leave and go to where... The proper gospel is taught. The last entry that we're treating on the continent of Africa comes from South Africa. I'm just going to punctuate it there and take this uh, caller. Hello. Are you there? Hello. Yes, many thanks for joining us. Where are you calling from? Michael Bush, good evening, sir. Welcome to the program. Papa, bless you. Bless you, bless you. It's Micah calling from Bayosa. Okay, Micah, bless you. Yeah, my question is from Genesis 18, verse 2, Genesis 19, verse 1, Daniel 10, verse 5. Uh, and the question is, 
These scriptures indicate that all the angels who appeared to them were described as men. So I want to know if angels were men. Because we know angels could be spirit. But in all the descriptions of the appearance of angels, we are men. 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 Three men appeared to and two two angels who were men came to lords. Then in Daniel 2, what was described there as an angel was a man as well. So were angels men. But they ate and they washed their legs, their feet. In that Genesis 18 key. Well, again, you know the New Testament tells you that you should not be, be, be wary in receiving strangers. Because you can receive angels unaware. So angels are not men. Angels are spirit, but they have the ability of appearing as men. That's all. Okay, so from the last um, entry from uh, Africa, as I said a moment ago, comes from South Africa. Says hello, Global Baba and Mr. Michael Bush. My name is Simon Seret Semoima. I write from Limpopo, Mudimole, South Africa. Daddy, you said it was the guy who stole the musical arms and mixtures at a conference you held somewhere. You stated that the guy was not at peace as all things were not working for him and the guy was looking for you so that daddy you could pray for him. My question, what could have caused things not to work in this guy's life? Could it have been that he opened a door for Satan to torment him or could God have withdrawn his presence from the guy for rejecting the gospel? Lastly, was this guy saved or not? Did he manage to get hold of you daddy? Kind regards. All right, all those questions we may need to ask the guy when we find him. <laughs> because I don't even know the guy. is somebody who represents us in Ghana that was sharing with me. I've not met the guy. I've never seen him. I don't know. I just heard the story. So because I've not found him, he has not found me. I don't know what happened. I don't know what caused the problems in his life. You know, but he feels condemned for his action. You know, and um, condemnation is enough to give the devil an opportunity to flog him. So, you know, th there are many factors. Until we find the guy, we may not be able to say what really the matter is. Okay, we leave the continent of Africa for a bit. We'll come back when we fly straight to Lagos, Nigeria, and that's into Nigeria in another three, four minutes. But right now, to the Americas, Canada, here we come. This is your son, Fabrice Kevin, from Winnipeg in Canada. Lobaba, we are highly blessed and have been following the teachings. We hear you loud and clear, and our inner man is strengthened. I've been learning new, new things in discipleship from teaching, and it has corrected my mindset. You were speaking to me, and I've been deeply touched by the teachings. Thank you, Global Barber. Amen. Thank you. Thank you, Fabrice. Okay, you. so from Fabrice, I was in Canada. We still stay in Canada, and take this time from Grace. Says, hello, Global Barber and Mr. Bush. My name is Grace. I write from Canada. Someone asked me a question a few days ago about Genesis 11. When I read at first, I thought in Genesis 11, 1, all the earth was, for example, speaking in English. Thereafter, they were confounded, French, Spanish, etc. came. But then I read Genesis 10, 5, saying everyone after his tongue, after their families, in their nations. So I got confused. Even Genesis 10, there were different languages. Why does Genesis 11, 1 say that? Well, again, you have to know that the way it was written, the documentation by Moses, like I always said, was not you know, in a particular sequence. He was in a vision. He saw all the events of Genesis in a vision and reported what he saw. So when you study scriptures, you must be able to pay attention. Now when he says the whole earth was of one language, it means they were speaking the same thing. 
But if you observe in Genesis 11, they were thinking of building a tower. Then they changed the innovation from building a tower to linguistics. And everybody started speaking different languages. So again, when you read those scriptures, you have, you have to read them in context and understand the context in which Moses wrote the book of Genesis. is a product of a vision that he saw. Okay, from the Americas, uh, that's uh, in the country of Canada, we're flying straight to Africa, to the country Nigeria, Lagos. I appreciate your obedience to God's calling and tough position you stand in when giving the biblical position on all spiritual matters. I desire to remain in God's will and marry correctly, Global Baba, which leads me to my question. I sent a number of weeks ago, but haven't heard yet on Ask the Counselor. Is it in God's will for Christians of varied levels of submission and understanding to marry? In my case, I'm over 40, never married, no children yet, and have been believing for a while for a strong man of God. And it's either I meet men who are not submitting to any church, or in this case a Catholic, who says he's a baby Christian and wants us to grow together in the world. He, however, says he's a Mother Mary adorer, and I am worried about clashing in the future, and he's seeing feeling like I'm judging his spirituality. I'm looking for godly wisdom. Thank you so much, and God bless you, Nse, in Lagos, Nigeria, Global Baba. Bless you, Nse. Well, doctrine is critical. If you and him don't see eye to eye on doctrine, don't marry him. That's my advice. Because you don't want to marry, and down the road you break the marriage within a few weeks. Because you will always keep clashing if you have no, if you're not seeing doctrine from the same point of view. So what you do, if he is not willing to, to study and learn and grow in the knowledge of Christ, excuse yourself and trust God for the right guy to come and get married. Okay, we stay on in the southwestern part of Nigeria, Oshobo, Oshun State. Here we come. Hello, our global daddy. The angels in the book of Acts said that Jesus would come as man the same way disciples saw him taken up. What's the type of food Jesus is eating now if he's still a man? How is the food prepared? Is there toilet there? Since Jesus is God, global Baba, can we say blood of God? But daddy, I think God is a spirit and Jesus is God. But today, we cannot see him with the eyes. How then would he be tempted? Reverend Sam Ajala. Well, Reverend Sam, again, it's, your question has mixed up everything. So Jesus is, a, is God who became a man for the purpose of salvation. He walked the earth as a man. He died as a man. He rose as a man. While he was on earth, he ate. But you see, in the immaterial, there's no food. There's no toilet. Toilet and food is material. is on earth. So where Jesus is seated right now at the right hand of majesty, there's no food and there's no toilet there. He can't be going to toilet. It's in the immaterial realm, the heavenlies. All right, so that's what it is. Okay, from Oshobo Ocean State, we hit Tanambra State, Newi. Greetings in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. Please, sir, I need your help. I would like to know what to do. I'm in a local assembly, Newi, worshiping God. But my problem is that I'm having issues with their teachings because they don't depend on the finished work of Christ. They lay much emphasis on our, our work to be saved and forgiven. Last time on your message on the discipleship training, you said that we must always obey our pastor with their teachings when God placed them, us under them. Because God will judge us whenever we disregard and disobey them as I understood you. Please, sir, what am I supposed to do now? I wish I could talk to you on the phone. Thank you. This is such a very good question. It gives me an opportunity to clear a number of things. Now, first of all, you only submit in a church to a local pastor where Christ is revealed. If Christ is not revealed, 
you, you, are, you, you don't have any business staying there. Because the only reason why you went to church is to hear about Christ. So if the revelation of Jesus and the finished work is not preached, you, 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 you just need to get out of that place. Quickly, get out of that place quickly and look for a place where you'll be fed Christ, where you'll be taught Christ, where Christ will be revealed to you and where you will serve the purpose of God. You don't have to stay there at all. The people I am asking to stay and not give their pastors problem are people that are in churches where the right diet is communicated, where the message of Christ is taught, evangelism is taught, discipleship is taught. People are given an opportunity to grow and fulfill the purpose of God. If you're in such a church where all is available, there's no reason why you should live. You stay in humility and submission. But if you're in a place where Christ is not taught, even if you've been there for all your life, there's no point being there because you're in the wrong place. You've, you've got to go to where Christ is revealed. Okay, so from Newe and Ambra State, we hit Portacord and River State, still by road. Hello, Global Baba and the Intercontinental, Mr. Michael Bush. Thank God for your work in the body of Christ. Please, Global Baba, help me explain Exodus 33, 17 to 23. Why was it that God hid his face? But in the new covenant, we behold his face like in a mirror. Secondly, how could God repent at the word of Moses? Exodus 32, 11 to 13. Samuel, in Potakot, Global Baba, Alaska. Hello. Hello. Many thanks for joining us. Your name, where are you calling from? You've got 30 seconds. A grieving silver snapper. Bless you. Hello? Bless you. Go ahead. Go ahead. Yeah. Grieving, Mr. Bush. Many thanks for joining us. Yes. A grieving silver papa. Bless you. Bless you. Oh, oh. Okay. Oh, yes, so we go back to the Yes, message. so why did God hide his face in the Old Testament? The hiding of the face is not like hiding of face. What God was just telling Moses is that the time for incarnation has not come. Galatians 4 4. When the fullness of the time came, God sent forth his son. So there couldn't have been incarnation ahead of time. That is why Moses couldn't see the face of God. But in the New Testament, Christ has come. Today we see Jesus in all of his glory and in his finished work. Then the second question was about um, uh, God repenting. Okay, that word, word God repent. Moses. Again, again, God doesn't repent. God never changes his mind. So it's language. It's language. It's not God that repented. Rather, Moses made adjustments and his adjustments stopped the repercussion. And when the repercussion did not happen, he now concluded that it was God who repented. So it's language. God never repents. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> All right. There's some um, the one that I've just received now, but I don't know. I'm wondering. I'm in Portacourt. Okay, let me dash to Ekit Akwaibun State where we could spend the night. This one says, Hello, Global Baba and Mr. Bush. My name is Basi. I send this email from Ekit Akwaibun State, Nigeria. Sir, please, I need advice. My father died a year ago. I were yet to bury him because some people in the family said he died due to diabolical power on him by a wicked person in the family over land dispute. If faction in the family insists we should consult a fetish um, priest to come and deactivate the diabolical powers before he's buried, if not another person will die as soon as he's buried. But I did not consent to that because I'm a believer in Christ and don't want to be involved in anything spiritual outside my belief. While other members of the family insist um, we should go give to Caesar what belongs to Caesar. And then they keep quoting wrong scriptures all over the place. Bro, Baba, please advise and pray for me because I'm very confused. Well, it's important for you to know that we don't worship the dead. If he's already dead, he's dead. Whatever was responsible is not relevant at this point. You know, so don't let them confuse you. Just insist 
that you guys should just go ahead bury your father and let it let bygones be bygones that's what matters at this point okay global baba it's the fine place to leave it so tomorrow um we continue in style we tomorrow is what now saturday okay, okay. all right yes. so tomorrow 10 11 to 1 we are on uh, radio quiet radio quiet boom one two three XL we are on xlfm three two five you know your FM. And then 6 to 8. We're back here on Comfort FM tomorrow evening. Of course, 9 to 10. Tonight is on Inspiration. And finally, 10 to midnight. On Heritage FM. I, I just need to tell people that very soon, uh, Passion FM is also on board. Okay. <laughs> so we're spreading. Taking over everyone. <laughs> okay, so that's uh, the size of the show. Producer is Pastor Ajay Quere, complete with the production team. My name is Michael Bush. Global Baba is here. Dr. Abel Damina to take us home. Then the Continental, Mr. Bush. What a blessing this evening. Hey, guys, you know, we love you. And it's always an honor to serve you the grace of God and to bring you the teaching of God's word in its accuracy. Help us invite more people to be part of tomorrow's. And don't forget to, you know, follow all that we do around the world and look for a way to be committed to the things that we do in the house. Those of you that have other things you want to talk with us about, don't forget to shoot your emails to Dr. Abel Damina at yahoo.com but we love you guys and uh, once again it's a joy to serve you we look forward to seeing all of you tomorrow at 6 p.m gmt plus one and until then enjoy the grace of christ and be blessed goodbye from uyo nigeria amen
vez.